It's a great blessing for us to be here in Cardiff today to give out some gospel tracts, speak about everlasting issues. And I've got a verse here I'd like to read from the Word of God, the book of Romans. And it says this, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So this verse makes it very clear to me that number one, mankind knows that God is God, number two, that he won't acknowledge it, and number three, he will run from it. And that probably goes some way in explaining to us why there are so many religions around the world today. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, that tells me that Almighty God has created the world, which suggests to me that we are to take notice of this. If we ignore it, we become guilty. Some people don't like to be reminded that this world was created. We have a very powerful movement at the moment, which preaches that everything evolved by chance, became everything, and that truth is subjective. That you can do your own thing, and it's all good. And yet you people of Cardiff know that such a belief doesn't really work in a court of law. You may have your own truth, and yet if you break the law of Cardiff, if you break the law of Wales, you know what happens. You're put before a court. And you can say to the uh, judge or the magistrate at such a place that your truth overrides the truth of the court. It won't work. And you'll be held in uh, contempt of court. Creation of the world, invisible things of him are clearly seen. You say, what does that mean? It means simply this, that a creation points to a creator. You know the old expression, if you come across a clock or a watch, you know that someone, somewhere, at some time made it. I know there are some people who are mentally ill who think that a watch or a clock could make itself. But if you are honest with yourself, you know that a creation always points back to a creator. And it says also that People know such is the case, and they understand such is the case, even his eternal power and Godhead. This verse uh, tells me that number one, mankind knows that God is God, like I've already said. Number two, that this solar system which we all live in didn't just appear by chance, and that God is eternal. That's kind of obvious. If God had a creator, if God had a beginning, then that'd be kind of worrying for us, because it would suggest that God is no different to us. But by God being eternal, by God having no creator, that allows him to judge us, hold us accountable to him, and also by his goodness and mercy, he allows us to enter into fellowship with him. And I'll speak about that shortly. So that they are without excuse. You know the old expression, ignorance of the law is no excuse, much truth in that. Let's say you, know, you are driving down the street, let's say you go down a one-way street and the police pull you over 
and they say to you, you've just broken the highway code, you've driven down a no entry, and you say, well, I didn't see it, officer, I wasn't aware of it, officer, he doesn't care. He says you should have seen it. It's clearly marked. You're now a lawbreaker. You are without excuse. And God holds mankind accountable. He holds mankind accountable based on his conscience, based on creation. It's very difficult to live in a modern civilized world and see images from space. Read detailed geographical magazines and read about the way that the solar system operates and is maintained. It's very difficult to see such material, to read such material and still say, I don't know how it all came here. I can't believe someone or something created it. I think it came by chance and I think it sustains itself. I would suggest most people have got more sense than that. But I also appreciate that for many people they've been taught to not believe in creation. They've been taught to believe in evolution. They've been taught to have their own truth. But go back to what I said a few moments ago. Your own truth, quote unquote, wouldn't stand up in a court of law. You might say to the police officer, well, you pulled me over for driving down a, uh, a one-way street, and as far as you are concerned, that's your truth. As far as you are concerned, that's the highway code. And you are summoned to appear at a court, and you say that to a judge or a magistrate, that it's their truth not your truth, it'll make no difference. It makes no difference at all. And you will have to either pay a fine or have points put in your license, perhaps both. It seems to me that when we speak about religion, when we speak about everlasting issues, people seem to lose their minds. They seem to create this false world, this sort of fairy tale world, that they can do whatever they want to do and it's all good and it's not. My verse tells me because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. The Bible speaks about our hearts being no good. The Bible says our hearts are desperately wicked. The Bible says out of the abundance of the mouth, we speak evil things, we have wicked thoughts. It all starts in the heart. If you spend any time looking back over the 20th century, you come across someone like uh, Mussolini, someone like Stalin, someone like Hitler. They had a belief in their hearts that they were right and they wanted to do whatever they wanted to do. And nobody could get in their way. As far as they were concerned, their hearts were right. As far as they were concerned, they had a truth and if you questioned it, if you tried to come against it, you were put down. That's a danger of one's own so-called private truth. Had such men been in submission to the Bible, had such men had a relationship with the Lord, had such men feared the Lord, you know perfectly well that if you were to combine all three men, 100 million people would never have died. This is the dangers when people stray from Scripture. This is the dangers when people do their own thing. This is the dangers when people create their own world system. It says their foolish heart was darkened. Scripture speaks about be careful what you see, what you hear, and what you say. Before you are born again, the Bible speaks about you as being an, and, uh, an enemy of the Lord. The Bible says you are 
outside of the family of God. And I can't recall how many times people have said to me that they are a child of God, or that God loves them, or that everything is okay between them and God. And you turn the, you know, you turn the, uh, the tables on them, and you ask them, do you love God? Or you ask them to explain why they think they are a child or children of God. They can't answer that. They have no concept of being born again. John chapter 3 speaks about the new birth. And in John chapter 3, the term appears three times. You must be born again. And you say, why is that the case? Because your first birth is no good. You came from Adam and Eve. They are our original parents. They were tested by the Lord. They failed. And therefore, to be a child of Adam doesn't help you. You need to be made a child of God. But it goes back to one's heart being darkened. It goes back to one's heart being dead. It goes back to being spiritually blind. And yet, tragically, many, many people think that they are on the right track, that they have hope, they have something to hold on to, and they are trusting also in their good works. It's very rare to meet someone who says they are a bad person. It's very rare to meet someone to, uh, who would say they are an evil person. It's very rare to meet someone who cries over their sins. Many people are being talked out of their sins. Many people are being talked out of their wicked nature. Many people don't like to think that their hearts are darkened, that they are spiritually blind, that they have no hope. And yet the good news is, is that the moment a person turns to the Lord, humbles themselves, takes a tract, reads it, believes it, trusts Christ's, uh, Christ's righteousness, trusts Christ's death on the cross. The Bible speaks about such a person being forgiven. Let's go back to the courtroom one more time. Let's say you are prosecuted. Could be a driving incident, could be something more serious than that. And you arrive in a courtroom, and the judge is there, of course, and the uh, prosecuting uh, barrister is there, and you arrive. You have no legal training, you know very little about the law of the land, and the charges are read out, you've broken this law and that law, and it's made very clear to you that you risk up to 25 years, perhaps 30 years in jail, or the fine is going to run into the tens of thousands. You start to panic. You say, I can't cover the cost. The fine is too great for me. I wouldn't survive 25 years in jail. In fact, I wouldn't survive 25 months in jail. And the judge starts to explain the situation. And you have one of two options. You either represent yourself and take your chances, or you find someone to defend you. If you choose to defend yourself, you risk being torn to shreds. A good prosecuting barrister, a good prosecuting attorney will just wipe the floor with you. You won't last five minutes. But a good defense attorney, a good defense barrister, if he or she is any good, will get you off, or at least argue your case. The Bible speaks about such a person being found in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Christ Jesus tasted death for every man. 
The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the mediator between God and man. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins, and not just for ours, but the sins of the whole world. You have one or two options, my friends. You either receive Jesus Christ as your defence uh, barrister, your defence attorney, or you represent yourself. But if you know anything about courtrooms, legal documentaries, crime movies, you know that an ordinary, untrained, guilty criminal would have no way, no way to escape, no way to really defend themselves. I mean, adequately against a good trained lawyer, a good trained barrister. But a good defence attorney, a good defence barrister can help you out and like I say can get you off. But here's the bonus. Not only is Jesus Christ a defence barrister, a defence attorney, but he's also God. You see, when you break the law of your land, you pay the consequences of doing so. When you or I break the laws of God, we pay the consequences of doing so. And that's why it's a great thing for me to say to you people in Cardiff today that number one, Jesus Christ is Almighty God. If you sin against God, only God himself can forgive you. Number two, he wants to forgive you. He wants to receive you. The Bible says time after time that the Son of Man didn't come to condemn, but to save mankind. As of right now, he is in the business of saving sinners. As of right now, he wants to redeem people. He's already covered the sins of the world through his precious blood. But like everything in life, you have to do something to help yourself. If I was to offer you a job, you might say thank you very much. And I say to you, turn up Monday morning at 9 o'clock and you start working. 5 past 9 comes, 10 past 9 comes, quarter past 9 comes. 20 past 9 comes, half past 9 comes, you're no shower. You've clearly rejected the job offer. And that's what people do with salvation. They reject it. They turn it down. They actually think that they are good enough to stand in the presence of an all-holy God. And when they die, they go straight to heaven. That, of course, is foolishness. Going back to my verse from Romans chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Jesus Christ is God, he's also man. He knows what it's like to be a man. He knows what it's like to go through everyday struggles and trials and tribulations like we all do. He can relate to you. On top of that, he's also God. He knows what it's like to be God. He knows what it was like to create the world. He knows what it was like to sustain the world. He knows what it's like to see civilizations come and go. He is the eternal one. So when you think of Jesus Christ, he's man and he's also God. And unfortunately that gets lost to many people. Many people don't understand that, don't want to believe it, thank you madam. And they turn it down. And it breaks my heart, it breaks the Lord's heart. There's an account in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus Christ was outside of Jerusalem. He wasn't far from being crucified. And it speaks about him weeping over Jerusalem. And even then, at the eleventh hour, he's pleading with the Jews to receive him. Some did, of course, but most wouldn't. Most didn't. That, of course, was foretold back in the Old Testament. So for me, when I speak about the atonement, which simply means the forgiveness of sins, 
everlasting life. It's an incredible subject. It's a wonderful subject. Yeah. I know that I'm a guilty sinner. I know that I need someone to help me. Okay. I know that I, I wouldn't last five minutes in a court of law. I mean, a criminal case, a serious crime. If I was summoned to attend at the Old Bailey, and I had all the top QCs there, representing the Crown, and a judge, a High Court judge, came out. I know within five minutes I'm in trouble. I can't make it. I need someone to help me out. And I'd be so relieved if at the 11th hour somebody came in, a top QC, someone like perhaps George Mansfield or Anthony Scrivener or other QCs and said, I'll take his case. I'll defend him. I'll represent him. For me, that's music to my ears. And I say, thank you so very much, but I can't afford to pay you. And he says, no worries. I believe in you. I will represent you. And after a period of time, my defence barrister, my defence attorney, puts my case to the court. The court hears the case, and I'm found not guilty. On top of that, my defence barrister, my defence attorney, pays my fine for me. And the court says, that's fine. It's like that parking incident that you may experience. And once that fine comes to the post, they don't care who pays it, as long as somebody pays it. Once it's paid, as far as they are concerned, it's case closed. And that's why it's wonderful to receive the forgiveness from Jesus Christ. I've wronged him. He's covered my transgressions. He's forgiven my transgressions. He's died in my place. I wonder how many times people actually think about the crucifixion. I wonder how many times people actually try and comprehend it. The pain he went through, the humiliation he went through, the suffering he went through. He would hang on the cross for six hours, naked. Friends, families, enemies, acquaintances watched him, scoffed at him, blasphemed him. And do you know what he said? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What a statement to make. He could have called fire down from heaven. After all, he is almighty God. But that's not what he came for. He said, Father, forgive them. Why? Because they don't know what they do. And almighty God listened to his only begotten son, didn't condemn those standing around him. And later on in the Bible, we read about many people believing on him, coming into personal faith, receiving him. So picture Jesus Christ as a lawyer, a barrister, representing you, explaining your case to the court. The court hears the argument and the barrister, the attorney, says to the court, I'll pay the price on behalf of my clients. The judge says, that's fine by me. Justice has been done and it's been seen to be done. That's a picture, a very general picture of the cross of Christ. And I think if you have any kind of intellect, if you have any kind of comprehension about what I've just said, you know what I'm saying. But this isn't a head problem. This is a heart problem going back to Romans chapter 1. I'll read it one more time and I'll close. 
For the invisible things of him, from the creation of the world, are clearly seen. Sun, moon, stars, solar systems, so on and so forth, being understood by the things that are made. That's you and I. Even his eternal power and Godhead, a term for the Trinity, so that they are without excuse. Going back to ignorance of the law is no excuse. Because that, when they knew God, it's a personal term, the Bible speaks about Christ lighting every man that comes into the world. Every man, woman and child knows that there's something, someone far greater than themselves. And sometimes they want to know more about that greater power. Other times they don't, but their hearts still tell them there's more to this life than the here and now. They glorified him not as God. That's so sad. Not only do they not receive him, not only do they bury him, they won't glorify him. They won't worship him. They won't spend any time trying to get to know him. Neither were thankful. Nothing worse than seeing an ungrateful child, a sport child, throwing a temper tantrum, but became vain in their imaginations. It goes back to your thought life. Yeah, that's the deal. The Bible speaks about you are what you think. And the foolish heart was darkened. That's the bad news. The good news is that God has a great love for the world. He has a great love for the people of Cardiff. And the Bible says that if anyone at any time, anywhere, turns to the Lord, and receives him by faith trusts in what he's done for you the Bible says you are forgiven you are cleared and all of your past present and future sins are forgiven so I do hope you think about what you've heard we're gonna be here for a little longer we have tracts to give out Bibles and some DVDs if anybody is interested and finally, my banner says, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. It's a terrible word, perish. Old English, meaning to be destroyed, to go to hell forever and be tormented. But don't go there. I don't need to go there. I'm not going to go there. I was born again. I was forgiven. I was saved 15 years ago. And my hope and prayer for you people in Cardiff today is that you receive what Jesus Christ has done for you. Grab it with both hands. Receive it by faith. It's a free gift. It cost you nothing, but it cost him absolutely everything. I would say that, well, first of all, heaven is a place. Yes. And it's also defined partly as a person. Oh, that's interesting. Because God is in heaven. So wherever God is, heaven is. Wherever heaven is, God is. I see. But unfortunately, so, so if God, heaven didn't exist, God yes. wouldn't exist then. Well, God's I, I, in heaven. I don't know. We can separate the two. So, right. So if yeah, but if one didn't exist, so if yeah, if, if I could prove that heaven didn't exist, then God couldn't exist because God resides in heaven. Well, I don't know. If you could disprove that, but I mean, we have to base our knowledge on what the scripture tells us. Well, okay. When nobody was there when the Bible, nobody was there when the creation was made, or when yes. the cosmos came into being. That's true. Well, if we define terms as heaven is a place without suffering, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Now. 
if you um, let's just assume you have a wife, you have kids, a mother and a father, and some good friends. Mm -hmm. If all of those fell short of heaven and were all therefore sent to hell That's right. and burned forever, yes. but you were lucky enough to go to heaven. Not luck, it's grace. You were graceful enough to go yeah. to heaven. And they could have gone too. Yeah, they could have, but they didn't. But they chose, they not. chose, they chose the, not to. The That's evil right. path, yeah. That's right. How could you go to heaven and not yeah. suffer knowing that all your family and friends Well, I'm were changed. Hell? The Bible speaks about all things becoming new. So, it, so We it, are changed. Our memories are changed. Uh, we have yeah, no past yeah, experiences. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, I, I, otherwise it'd be hell for us, wouldn't it? Well, not really, because, well... Well, it would be, of course but, it would be. Yeah, if, but my, I, if I'm I, thinking about my lost ones burning... Well, this is my point. But I'm changed, thankfully. Those, yeah, those memories then, are gone. But then it's not you in heaven, then, is it? It's still me. Yeah, but you wouldn't I'm born know, again. But it, yeah, but you wouldn't know it was you. Well, I would know it was me, because no, I still cause have... Because your memories are gone. Well, yeah, but I still know it's me. How? Oh. Well, it's like you have pretty bad memories, which you don't always remember. Well, no, they're in there. They're well, they may, they may be there, but they'll be deep memories that you've lost 20 years ago perhaps I've lost 20 years ago you're still you I'm still me but the deep memories those painful memories which haunt all of us are gone we have suppressed them or the, the Lord's being gracious enough to allow us to move on from them but the, your definition of heaven there, or the Bible's definition of yes. heaven there sounds to me a lot like limbo you know when you go to limbo you That's don't know Catholic you... belief yeah, it's now being cancelled. I know, they, they do that 2006, a lot. it's now being ditched. I know, uh, ditched. I, know, I know, it's crazy. But it's going to be heaven or hell, and we hope people will take the Lord's message that there's no need to go to hell. Everything's been done to save people from going to hell. Yes, but uh, don't you, what do you think about, you know, before you were born, you didn't exist, yes. therefore when you die, yep. you don't exist. That sounds pretty well, good to me. It'd be nice if that was true, but the Bible says there's going to be two locations, both starting with H both being eternal. And do you believe the Bible is true because the Bible says it's true? I believe the Bible is true, well, because on a number of reasons. First of all, due to prophecy. There's about 70 prophecies in the Old Testament that a guy would come one day, where he'd be born, how he would die, and what would happen once he was resurrected from the dead. And I would say, on that alone, if nothing else. And so there aren't any Bible prophecies, prophecies that come through, come through in, in other religions? I can't, find, I can't think of any. I mean, have if you, you, think, you, if you, you look at the Quran, yeah, yeah. Oh. If you look at the Quran, most of the Quran is based on Jewish fables, yes, yes. not necessarily the Old Testament as such, and also New Testament fables. It's a mishmash it is. of the Old and the New Testament. I think most of Muhammad's wives were either Jewish, Jewish women or ex-Christians. And the Jewish side that he married didn't believe on Jesus Christ, obviously, so they gave Muhammad their Jewish tradition from the Talmud, not the yeah. Tanakh, of Jesus Christ. So no wonder the poor guy was confused based on what he'd been told by his many wives. Yes. Absolutely. Pleasure talking to you. You too, my friend. Thank you. Have Take a good care. Day, yeah, my gospel. Yes. Right, the gospel, the word gospel means good news. Yes, it does. Yet, I come out here. Yes. And I see you or hear you preaching yes. about the bad side of things. Have you heard me preaching 20 uh, minutes ago? I, I, when I came past, okay. the part I heard was pretty much okay. up there. So, would it be best if we weren't here, do you think? I, I'm not saying Just a question. No, no, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I genuinely believe that street evangelism is important. Is it what? It's important. Street okay, evangelism very good. is vital. Yes. Because you need to spread the message. Yes, there. we do. Um, I, I don't dispute that okay. one bit. Are you born again, can I ask you, sir? <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't put it like that. Okay, fair um, enough. But, yes, I go to church. Okay. I believe in God. I worship God, yes. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that... I, I don't even know if I class myself as a Christian. I'm trying. Right, That's okay. how I class I understand. myself. Okay. Because I'm trying. Okay, then. Um, well, if you, so think of, if you think of an antivirus, a lot of scare tactics put on the internet to get people's attention due to the yes, dangers of a laptop is, this is true, but, being without um, protection. But how much does it work? What, the antivirus? 
uh, uh, how much or commercials. The, the, the terrifying people into doing stuff like that. Well, I think it works. Do you think, I think it works drastically. But, but do you think people appreciate it? They do because I, if if I wasn't aware that my laptop was vulnerable without some sort of an antivirus protection, uh, yeah, I may I, mean, I may just surf the net without it. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's all. Get well infections, good, viruses. Do you think? Um, as the saying goes, you catch more flies with honey. Well, there's two ways of doing this. I mean, the first thing that Jesus Christ ever said was repent. Yes. Matthew chapter 4. And that's a pretty old-fashioned word. I, no, I, I, I love the word repent. Yeah, so we start... I think, it's, I, I think yeah. it's one of the most important words. Yeah, so we start with a negative, like I said to you, and we swing to the positive. We have right. to say to people, you have a sin problem. We all have a sin problem. Yeah. And the bad news is we're all going to die one day. And we try and wake people I up with that. <laughs> And we try and wake people up with the negative and say, but the positive is that someone someone has done something for you. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And I yeah. spent 20 minutes preaching, and I'm glad you heard some of my preaching. And I think very it's a very little, very Okay, little, I mean, I hope it's pretty balanced. Uh, we're not here to preach a one-side gospel. That's not what this is about. No, no, no. But we start with a negative so people can see where we're coming from. Okay. And if they want to inquire further, they can come over and speak speeches like you have done. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think... Uh, uh, pardon my French. Um, have you heard of the shit sandwich approach? Remind me. Well, that's basically you start off with good. Okay. Then you you get the, the stuff in the middle. Okay. The, the bad, this, and then you finish with good. So, you know, Christ has come. This is what Christ has done for us. Yeah. Um, the bad news is, unless we do something about it, this is what happens. Yes, right. But the good news is, once you have done that, yep. this is what yep. this is what you get. This is your reward. This is your future. Yep. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not standing here to tell you. Of course, I'm not standing here to tell you how to do your job, because quite frankly, I'm neither in the position nor brave enough to stand here and put myself out well, there. You're entitled to your view, and yeah, I appreciate and you stopping I, I, to talk to yeah, us. I, I certainly don't mean it. But the question has to be asked. So please don't take it No, no, I, you can criticise. We're not fixed. We're not thin-skinned. No, no, no. You, well, you can't be standing out here. We're not. But, I mean, if we weren't here today, and maybe you guys can correct me, I don't know if anybody else would be here today. We've only been here for half an hour. Yeah. You may have preachers here all the time. I'm uh, new they, to Cardiff. They, you, yeah, you do get quite a Okay, lot of well that's people. good to know. Um, but so, my experience yeah. is that most people don't, most Bible believers won't tell people the truth. No? That there's Wouldn't a, it be there's, better to say it from a place of love and compassion rather than... Well that is love and compassion. Because the first thing... started this Yeah, it is love. We start with a negative, like an antivirus threat. If you don't have an antivirus on your computer, you risk having your computer hacked. But you see, like, that's what I'm saying. It's, it doesn't sound like it's coming from a good place. You're saying it's, it's a threat. It's very... Uh... It has to be. It's like if you don't pay your debts, you go to court, don't you? Sorry? If you don't pay your debts, or you go into arrears on your mortgage... Yeah, but then... Do you, but then it's do pretty you... serious, isn't it? Uh... You don't think it's serious? What I'm saying is, mate, right, I just walked past, and yeah. I'm slightly offended but like, by the sign. I don't think it's very fair, and I don't okay. think it's nice, and I think it's quite... Um, Insidious. Will you take my track to at least read it over coffee? No, thank you. Okay then. I, like everyone's into you, you, Absolutely. Like, obviously. I appreciate you both stopping. I, I, I only say yep. that, you know, of course, spirituality and stuff, that's everything, that's okay. Like, and if you if you have your own beliefs and yep. you, be, you want to believe in something like that, then that's, that's fine. The Bible says to preach the gospel to every creature. The word preach means to raise your voice, incidentally. Well, you we have to raise it. Would you believe so, everything that's in the Bible? I absolutely do. do you you, you believe, absolutely. Do you mind if I ask a question? No problem. When you said about this, it's right? offensive. It's no, not. No, nice. I, I, I'm not. But, I'm but not the gospel is an offence. The Bible says it's an offence. Do you? Um, Christianity is an offence. Is what 
is what it says offensive or the fact that these guys are here preaching it offensive? And I, I'm not talking about that particular message, but the, the message of preaching about Christ. Madam. Preaching is fine. You know, if you if you have a viewpoint and you want to try and, you know, give give rise to that, and you, you want to try and spread that, that's... I, 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 I'm yeah, going... that, that, that's just what I was trying to get at, whether it was this particular message there that offended you. or Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, again, you shall perish. It's like, that's yeah, very... No. It's very negative. It's very, you know... It's horrible, you isn't you're it? on the same page on that one, I've got to be honest. But if we don't I, tell I, people... I, do you understand? The... Can I just ask you something? Yes. Right? Yes. Hell is an eternity of suffering. You've got it. You've got it. It is an eternity. No end. Of suffering. Absolutely. No end. That's right. Do you understand how bad yeah. that is? It's terrible. It, it makes me just. It makes me fear God even more. Right. And love me even more. You shouldn't fear Him. Right? Oh yeah. The Bible says to fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm. We have to, like we fear our parents when well, we're growing up. We should fear our parents. I mean, I fear my parents. Maybe you didn't fear your parents. Fear your parents. Oh, you do. No. I feared my teachers at school. Do you not fear I, your I, teachers? I that's think, bad. That's just bad. I, I, I think, feared my teachers. Um, the, the, the word is maybe respect. Um, no, it, it, there's another word. I, I can't. Um, it's. Um, can I take a picture of this? Is of course you can. Thing? Yeah, of course you can. It's a, a very healthy, fearful respect, if yep. you want. Okay. It's not fear as in I am terrified. It's yeah. um, the same way you would. Um, if you were yeah. faced with this all-powerful being, a being that has the power to create and to destroy, stood in front of you and mm -hmm. he starts talking to you. Now, you need a healthy level of respect to, you know, if you're not going to get this. And, and I'm not saying, you know, at the end of the day, God is a God of love, not a God of um, hate. So I'm not saying you couldn't go up to God and say, you know, I, I don't agree with what you're saying. Fine, you're, everyone's entitled to their viewpoint. Mm -hmm. God doesn't... Church, way, uh, I, I do go to church, yes. That's um, okay. But if, it, so, if this wasn't thanks. true, if this wasn't you true, why would anybody be, right no, be concerned I, I, about it? Sorry? If this wasn't true, I just wonder why anybody would be concerned about it. In what sense is it indoctrination? You can in walk by. Anybody can walk by. walk by and just look at the sign. And pass it by. If it doesn't touch them, it's like I hear buskers. Right, but the thing is, I walk it, it past does. them. It does. There's something called cause and effect, right? But it's, a, it's, a, but it's a, free speech, isn't it, as well? Right. There's free speech. You can offend me, I can, can offend you. you say that, you know, I've got the freedom to hold a gun and shoot someone. Like, that's no. a bit extreme, isn't it? It's this extreme, just, this but just a what term, I'm trying to say is, regardless of whatever freedom you think you're entitled to, it's indoctrination. No, I don't believe it is. Sorry? So we shouldn't. I would watch actually the very news? much encourage you to just. I, I would very much discourage you to watch most news. Yes, I would. Do you read? Do I read? Do you read? Course, do you read? Books? Of course I read. And do you not consider that indoctrination? Everything is indoctrination in a way, but I I have my own moral compass. We're growing up. We're growing up. We can we can agree to disagree. Yeah, we can walk if we away. Have logic, then we can it's a free country, isn't it? And we yeah, can yeah, yeah. Use our That's criteria what we've studied and what we've learned yeah, and what we've read. Nice talking to you. Thanks for stopping. Take care. Like I'm just saying, it's very rare I walk down the street and get offended. Yeah. Very, very rare. But that, it's it's so, it, it speaks to me. Okay. I, well, I look good. at that. It's, it's, your, it's your right to be offended. I mean, that's perfectly, you're perfectly right. entitled to if you like. I just think that, like I said, there's, there's a phenomenon called cause and effect, right? Of course. Everybody is... Uh, results of their environment. If you were brought up under a certain sort of environment, not always. You mean like material? Are you have a materialistic point of view? Well, everything is material, so. No, not everything. Everything. Well, what about love? Love is a. What about love? Home? Is a chemical. Love. These are. <laughs> I'm a. I'm
That's a message. Do you Thank you, madam. Science. Bless you. I have a physics degree. Yes, Mr. Sir. And I mean, it's not all material. Everything is. No, it isn't. Of course, it's not. That's the basic. Your brain. Your brain a is a biological. They are neurons. Just a message. 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 I think it's worth us just spending a few moments answering some of the questions that are being put to us and I appreciate that our Bible verse from Luke chapter 13 is offensive to some and did you can't please everyone I'm able to travel around this country and I can tell you that when I go to parts of the country there are people who have different uh, views to me and they make their views very well known sometimes they use megaphones sometimes they don't Sometimes they say things that I don't particularly appreciate. I'm not a child. I don't throw a temper tantrum. I know that they have their view. I have my view. But here's the question to ask yourself. Either Jesus said what he said or he didn't. If he didn't say it, why do you care? If you don't believe he existed, why do you care what we say? Or why do you care that we're even here? We suggest that he said what he said. We suggest that every word that he said was sacred, was important. We believe that the scripture is God's infallible word to the world. And you may say, well, it's just another book. Well, if it's just another book, why is it that every American president, every four years, puts his hand on the Bible? Why is it that every member of parliament, when they are sworn into parliament, puts their hands or hand on the Bible. There's something about the Bible which gets under the skin of many people. And sometimes people don't realize why it gets under their skin. And I'll tell you why it gets under your skin because you know deep down in your inner self that it, you know, it is what it is. It says what it says. The Bible says that the preaching of the uh, cross is an offense. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was an offence. He caused a lot of offence. A lot of people didn't like the idea of him going around Israel, preaching repentance, preaching holiness, speaking about judgment. It's not popular. But it's like I've been saying for the last little while. If you watch the news, it says breaking news. There's a hurricane on way. There's a flood on way. Something serious is about to make its impact, evacuate. That's pretty fearful, isn't it? Get out of your home. In fact, not far from where we are, there was a home. Actually, it was a building which caught fire two nights ago outside of the uh, set, uh, city centre of Bristol. And the fire brigade were called. They cleared the whole building. And I read of one account of a man on the first floor and he was told to get out at two o'clock in the morning and his uh, partner had to get out and they were told to leave their animals behind. Isn't that fearful? Isn't that putting fear into a person's heart? And you say, why would that be the case? Because it was serious. It's like anything in this world. If you don't deal with it, it spreads. 
Well, let me say this. If you don't say something, you can become negligent. It's like if you have house insurance and you don't tell people the consequence of not keeping up on your payments. You'd be accused of being negligent. People seem to be very inconsistent. But I can understand why, because I wasn't always a Christian. I didn't always understand why people say what they say and do what they do. And I appreciate that people have their right to believe what they will. But nobody has their right. Nobody has a right to stop you saying what you say or thinking what you think. When I go to Manchester, for example, and I see people there with their beliefs, they could be socialists, they could be communist. They greatly offend me. They make statements. And I think to myself this, am I going to behave like a child? Am I going to jump up and down like a toddler? Or am I going to allow them to say what they want to say? And I believe they have a right to say what they want to say. I believe socialists have the right to say what they want to say. I believe anybody anywhere has the right to say what they want to say. I'm not going to jump on somebody. I'm not going to suppress somebody's right to say what they want to say. But I know why people behave the way they behave. Because they are convicted. They are convicted of their sins. That's why people get so upset. But for our perspective, for our perspective, we allow people to have their say. We allow people to express their right. We're not children. We are grown-ups. Life is too short to behave like a sport child. And thankfully, the Bible allows us to have our beliefs. The Bible allows us to warn people, the Bible commands us in fact to go into the whole world and preach the gospel but like I've been saying for the last 25 minutes or so the gospel is an offence it is an offence to people, people don't like to be reminded that this life is very short that you hear one moment and you go on the next the Bible speaks about a day of judgement the Bible says how every word, thought and deed will be judged and I mean every word, thought and deed I've used the analogy already of a courtroom. You find yourself convicted of breaking the law of this land. You get arrested, put before a court, and they will examine you. They will examine the charges. And you have to give an account of yourself. And by the grace of God, somebody steps forward and says, I represent you. And he goes to the court, and the court hears the whole story. And if a good barrister is able to present him or herself on your behalf, it's good news for you. But if people don't represent you, then you represent yourself. And that's when the problems begin. Going back to my earlier statement, that if you're not legally trained, or if you're not the state, you can't really help yourself. But I know why people are the way they are. People are very complex. The Bible says that men love darkness rather than light. People say that uh, mankind, well the Bible says mankind won't come to the light in order to be reproved of the light. I know why people behave the way they do. I also know that people are fearful. People are anxious. People are scared about the unknown. It's not a particularly nice subject to speak about when you pass away. There is that sense of where do I go? What happens? I'm out of control. I can't control it. It's like if you board an aeroplane. You have to trust the pilots. You have to trust the aircraft to get you from A to B. And if that plane starts to go down, what are you going to do? You can't grab the uh, control panels. You can't steer the plane to safety. You'd have no idea. I mean, like a Boeing 747. You try it sometime. 
or an airplane or not an airplane a train or a tank or an aircraft carrier you couldn't control it you'd have no hope you have to put your faith you have to put your trust in the person that is flying such an object and that's how salvation works you have to trust Almighty God you can't save yourself the Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God it's just how it is and by the grace of God you have the right to receive him or turn him down if you receive him you can be saved if you receive him you have everlasting life if you are born again you become a friend of his but if you reject it you remain an enemy of his unlike anybody in a secular courtroom the consequences are awful I don't really understand why people some people of course not all people but why some people are so quick to reject the gospel I'm happy to say that since we've been here many people have thanked us for being here many people have taken tracks from us and our DVDs it's true you can't please everybody we understand that the Apostle Paul probably suffered the most out of uh, all of the Apostles and yet he finished the race that was set for him many many people got saved as a result of his persistence his tenacity the Lord Jesus Christ was greatly despised greatly hated and yet after his death burial and resurrection and that's what saves us if you weren't aware many people believed on him many Jews believed on him many Gentiles believed on him and they went from knowing of him to knowing him personally let me say this and I'll close I would like to think this that if you people in Bristol had good news for anybody I'd like to think you would share it with me I'd like to think you take the time to share it with me it's like if I knew of a free antivirus software online I mean a good quality antivirus software and I didn't tell people and my friends and family were going out buying expensive antivirus software programs and I knew where there were free antivirus software programs you say what sort of guy is this he's selfish he's keeping this you know he's keeping the goodies for himself he doesn't really care for us he's not telling us about what he knows he wants us to buy expensive antivirus programs that's what religion does organized religion wants to sell you religion it wants to continue to sell you religion it says that if you are a member of their church you have to tithe it says if you don't live a particular way after you are saved you lose your salvation it says if you're not a member of a particular church you can't go to heaven that's wrong that's offensive to me I know that salvation is found in a person not a place but all we can do at the end of the day is point people to the cross all we can do is tell people about the need to be saved we know that on average 8,000 people die every hour around the world which is around 150,000 every 24 hours the figure of around 56 million people a year is about right that's a lot of people that's a lot of people and you have to ask yourself where are those people now the Bible says if you're not saved you're lost you can't go to heaven because you're not saved and most people don't want to be saved most people are quite happy to do their own thing that's fine we're not here to force our beliefs on anybody but we are here to preach the gospel we're here to raise up our voices the word preach means to raise your voice 
And like I say, if somebody done, if uh, somebody had done something wonderful for you, I'd like to think you'd share it with me. I'd like to think you would care enough to share it with me. Well, Jesus Christ has done something wonderful for us. He, he, he forgave us of our sins. He transformed our lives. And he told us to go into the whole world and preach the gospel. The Bible says that if you believe on that, you are saved. The Bible says if you don't believe on that, you are condemned. Yes, it's very black and white. It's a very direct message. Controversial, absolutely. But life is controversial. Life is very black and white. The rules in this country, the regulations in this country are very stringent. You may say I'm a free man, you may say I'm a free woman, you may say I do what I want to do, not really, not really. You are conditioned, you come to a red traffic light, you stop, the traffic light turns green, you drive on, you don't drive through a red light, you don't stop at a green light, you do what you're told. You are conditioned, you may not want to accept it, but you are conditioned. You do follow the rules of society, why not, why not follow the rules of the Lord? Why not receive him? Why not examine the truth of scripture? What do you possibly have to lose? I know some people spend a lot of time researching things that are of great importance to them, and that's fair enough. Why not spend some time looking at scripture, examining Jesus Christ? You can examine him from a secular perspective, if you, know, if you wish to. These secular historians all affirm he lived. The Quran mentions him, the Jewish Talmud mentions him. I would hope you would start with the Bible, of course. But I find it very interesting how people pick and choose what they will and won't accept. They take for granted that the Pharaohs all lived and the Caesars all lived. And yet they never met a Caesar or a Pharaoh a day in their life. And yet when we come to Jesus Christ, they become very skeptical, very agnostic. Going back to my preach from Romans chapter 1, how the heart, the heart of mankind is desperately wicked, it's darkened. It needs to be supernatur uh, supernaturally uh, jump-started. It needs something doing to it, and that of course is the new birth. The absolute desire to be born again. So please, friends of Cardiff, think about what you've heard today. Take the time to examine the everlasting issues of heaven and hell. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. The Bible says if you receive Jesus Christ, if you turn to him, you are saved and you've passed from death unto life. It's the best news in town. And not only is it the best news in town, it's free. It will cost you nothing whatsoever. But like I keep on saying, it would cost Jesus Christ everything. And I mean everything, like his precious blood. So please, take the time to examine what you've heard today. And may the Lord bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.